Life can get complicated and there's pressure and there's decisions that need to be made and, and you feel the pressure and it becomes complicated. So I want to talk about tonight, is there a way to navigate the complicated and make it uncomplicated? Who's up for uncomplicated? Yes. I'm up for uncomplicated. Having lived as long as I have, uncomplicated is the best way to go. And I've been listening um, to the new Hillsong Young and Free, um, what is it? Album. Thank you. I was like, it's not a CD. Spotify thing? Anyway, that thing. I've been listening to it, and one of the songs that I love on it is called Uncomplicated, which is probably where this thought came from. And it goes, I'm not going to sing it, so relax, okay? Um, but it goes, no, so it goes a little bit like this. There's a simplicity, humility to the way you love me, an honesty, a purity. God, you make it easy. I like that. I like easy. Easy is good for me. Your love's uncomplicated. You love me just the way I am. Even when I'm overthinking, who's an overthinker? Even when I'm overthinking, somehow you still love me simply. And when I look at the gospel story, it really is uncomplicated. It's uncomplicated. It's really summed up in John 3, 16. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son. I love that. That's the Passion Translation, as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. Simple, simple. He made it uncomplicated for us. Now, it's a complex thought, and the way it came about was complex, but it wasn't complicated. And there's a difference between complex and complicated. I mean, some things need to be complex. I'm really glad that, when, that I can get on a, a jet and it has a complex dashboard, which I don't understand. I'm very grateful that the pilots understand it, but I'm grateful to the person who made that complex thing so that my travel is now uncomplicated. I just get on and I go and I don't have to figure it out. It's complex, but it's not complicated. Now, you know that I love the dictionary, so every time I preach, I love to give you a little bit of dictionary because I think it's important. But complex is consisting of many different and connected parts. So just many different and connected parts. Think the dashboard of, a, of an airliner. Complex. Complicated, on the other hand, is consisting of many different parts in a way that is difficult to understand. Yeah. So it's our understanding of it that makes it difficult. Now, our lives are complex. Do you agree? They're complex. When I look at who I am, made up of many different parts, so I am. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a pastor. I'm a work colleague. I'm a daughter. I am, what else am I? I'm all sorts of things, really. I'm a friend. I'm an auntie, I'm a carer. At times I've been a student. So all of these things I am all at the same time standing right in front of you. So it's kind of complex, complex isn't it? And then you add in all of lives, different environments and situations and conversations and tasks to be navigated and all of those things, plans to be made and it's complex but it's not complicated. If we want to live a big life, it can be complex, 
but it doesn't have to be complicated. So I want to look at a few things tonight that will take your life from complicated back to uncomplicated, complex and big and exciting because I think sometimes sometimes we need it to be complex and big and exciting because it's what gets us excited about life. So taking it from complicated to uncomplicated. Are you interested? Perfect. The first thing I see that we need to do to take it from complicated to uncomplicated is to keep short accounts. What do I mean by that? Take responsibility for your stuff. Take responsibility for your stuff. Life gets complicated when we let things get away on us. You know, when we let a harsh word is spoken in frustration, uh, a comment or a situation is misunderstood or miscommunicated, uh, disappointment enters in when things don't quite pan out the way that we think they should. And dare I say, emotions and hormones enter in and it can get very complicated really fast. Ephesians 4.26 says, In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. What is that saying? Keep short accounts. Don't go a day without dealing with the stuff from that day. We call that keeping short accounts with God. So one of the things we practice in our life groups is called, um, and our journaling is called clean heart, the clean heart principle. And it's so, so uncomplicated. It's so simple. It's simply pausing at the end of the day and saying, hey God, is there anything in my heart today that I need to deal with? Am I hanging on to anything today that I potentially need to just let go of? Misunderstandings, miscommunications, disappointments. You know, maybe my boss was a little bit harsh with me today. Do I just need to let it go? Bring it to my mind so that I can let it go. Because sometimes when we wait, it becomes overwhelming. We get overwhelmed and it's hard to deal with. It's hard to deal with. We have a rule in our house, and I think I've talked about this before, but Chris and I have a rule in our house, and it sounds just so amazing, but it's this. When there's a disagreement, the most mature one apologises first, whether they are right or wrong, the most mature one. Now, that sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Can I tell you in those moments, I couldn't care less who the most mature one is, I just want to be right, but I have learnt, I have learnt to keep short accounts. I have learned to not let the sun go down on my anger, to sort it out as best I can before I go to bed and sleep on it and dwell on it and ruminate until it becomes much bigger than what it actually is. It avoids living complicated. So the first thing you've got to do is keep short accounts and deal with your stuff. The second thing I see is you have to refuse offence. You know, it's easy to get offended if you're open to being offended. What do I mean by that? The Bible tells us that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And, and I think offence is one of those things that kind of slips in, it creeps in, and it kind of overtakes you before you realise what's happening. And undealt with frustration or disappointment leads to offence. You get offended with the person. You just get offended. 
An offense is a bitterness towards someone or something that eats us up from the outside. There's a really good illustration of this. They talk about, you know, um, unforgiveness or offense is actually like keeping it, keeping it is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Most of the time we're the ones festering and the other person's got absolutely no idea. Hebrews 12.15 says, look after each other so that none of you fails to, to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And that's the problem with offense. Yeah. It goes underground and it pops up all over the place yeah, in different places. Good. And an easy way, you know, people go, you know, you say, do you think you're offended? No, I'm not offended. Well, <laughs> it's generally not a good sign. Um, an easy way to see if offense is making your life complicated is to check your response to a person or a situation. How do I know this? Because I have to do it all the time. Um, if there's a knot in your stomach, when, you know, that tight feeling in your gut, when someone's name or a circumstance or a situation is mentioned, that's usually a little bit of an indicator. Um, when you think about that person or that situation, do you go back there right away? All the emotions of the moment, anger, frustration, shame, yeah. whatever, embarrassment, they all come back on you? Hmm. Do you feel it all rising up? Do you feel the need to explain? When someone says, I love this person, and you feel the need to explain why they shouldn't love that person because that person is not a lovable person. That's maybe an indicator that you may be carrying a little bit of offence. The great thing about offence is it's really easy to deal with. It's a bit like a weed. You've just got to pull it out. You've just got to forgive. Now, when I'm saying forgive, I'm not saying if someone has acted poorly towards you that you open your arms and let them come back in and do the exact same thing. I'm saying, I forgive you. I understand that you're not perfect, but I will put healthy boundaries in my life so that doesn't happen again. But I do let it go. And sometimes you have to let it go and let it go and let it go and let it go. But it is so worth doing because once it's got the runners going and it's popping up everywhere, sometimes you just have to keep pulling it out so that you can live uncomplicated. Living offended will, give, will not give you an uncomplicated life. So you need to let it go. The third thing I see, clear expectations. Life gets complicated when we're expecting one thing and someone else is expecting something else. Have you ever noticed that? I'm expecting this and you're expecting this and now it's complicated because neither of us are getting what we want. And Jesus was a great example of living uncomplicated in this. You know, when he, in, in the Gospel of, I think it's Matthew, he's walking along and he sees Peter and Andrew and they're fishermen and they're casting a net into the sea. And he says, very uncomplicated, very clear expectations, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. It's in a language that they can understand, they understand what he's saying, and it's very clear, the expectation is very clear. So Chris and I, when we go on holidays, often, this sounds funny, doesn't it? When we go on holidays, often we end up at loggerheads because of different expectations. I'll tell you why. When we go on holidays, Chris is not here so we can talk about him. Um, when we go on holidays, he loves routine. He wants to get up to see the sunrise, bless his heart, and walk on the beach for kilometres, bless his heart, and, you know, and then structure his day around everything. 
My idea of a great holiday is to wake up <laughs> and think, what will I do today? So already there's an issue, isn't there? So we learned a long time ago on the way to our holidays, we will have this conversation, usually initiated by Chris, because I don't mind if he gets up and goes walking, but he would like me to go with him. So he'll say, what are your expectations? for this holiday. And I say, I have none. I just want to sleep. I want to be spontaneous. I want to think about, and then he'll say, well, I want to do this. And I say, God bless you, darling. You go do that. You go, bring me a coffee on your way back. So, but because we do that, it's not complicated. It's simple and it's so, so easy. Clear expectations. This is my favorite. You've got to learn to say, not my circus, not my monkeys. <laughs> not my circus, not my monkeys. Because if you notice, we get dragged into all the stuff that's yeah. going on around us in our friendship groups, in our families. We just get pulled into it. And if you're like me, I'm the peacemaker. And, and I just want to fix everybody. It's like, let's, let me take on all your burdens and all your confusion and all your unrealized expectations and all your stuff. And my life is really complicated and it's not even my stuff. So I've had to learn to say, not my circus, not my monkeys. And stop trying to constantly fix everyone and everything around me. Philippians 2 tells us to continue to work out our own salvation with reverence and awe, our own salvation. Work out your own life first. And it's not that we don't want to help others. I look, honestly, I've spent my life helping others. But it becomes complicated when we take the responsibility of fixing something for someone who's really not interested in fixing it themselves. So you've got to go to have an uncomplicated life. I love you and I really want you to fix this but it's not my circus and it's not my monkeys. Is that freeing for you? It's freeing for me. Okay, the last thing. I see. And we've got so much time, it's so good. Resist overthinking and overanalyzing motives. Who's an overthinker? I kind of, maybe, sometimes. You know, when you overthink and that that person didn't talk to me, I came to church today and they were friendly last week and they weren't friendly this week and I wonder what I did. Was it what I was wearing? Did I say something wrong? What happened? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. Why would they not be talking to me? Is it about me? It must be me. I'm real. I do. And we're way out in left field when potentially the person just didn't see you. And we've gone through this whole complex thing to get to the point of they just don't like me there. I don't feel welcome when it's like they didn't see you. Right? So we can get anxious and stressed when we overthink and we overanalyze. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Remember Philippians 4, 6 and 7? When in a fix? Philippians 4, 6 and 7. (laughs) Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So what do we do when we're overanalyzing and overthinking? We stop. 
And by prayer and petition, we make our requests known to God and peace that passes all understanding, guards our hearts and our minds. So if you are an overthinker, when you feel yourself running away like a, I don't know what runs away. What runs away? Foxes. Foxes. <laughs> That's hilarious. I had in my mind a ball of string that was running. Um, but it runs, you know, when your mind starts to run over, you've got to go, stop. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. I'm actually just going to give it over to God and yeah. I'm going to let it be un complicated. Because you know what? When we determine to live uncomplicated, our lives are better. Seriously, better. People want to be around us. Who's got a complicated friend that you've got to be in the right headspace to be with? We all have that complicated friend. People want to be around us. We feel better about life because we're not wasting our emotional energy with overthinking, being complicated, being offended, all of those things that I talked about before. We've got headspace to actually enjoy life and we're following the example that Jesus set for us. Why don't you stand? I want to pray for us tonight. Lord, I just thank you that your word, albeit complex, is un complicated. And I thank you, Lord, for just some simple keys that will help us to push the complicated out of our lives and embrace the uncomplicated in our lives. Lord, I pray tonight for the overthinkers. Lord, I pray that in those moments, maybe they're they're thinking of a scenario right now. I just pray that, that as they sit in that, that they would remember to just give it over to you, all that stress, all that anxiety, and let that peace that passes all understanding guard their hearts and minds. I I pray, Lord, for those tonight who are busy fixing things for everybody. I pray, Lord, that they would feel the freedom and the release to go, not my circus, not my monkeys, and hand it to you and trust you to do what you need to do in those situations and circumstances. I pray, Lord, that we would take your word tonight and we would apply it to our Monday, our Tuesday, our Wednesday, our Thursday, our Friday, our Saturday and our Sunday. And Lord, I thank you for it. I just thank you for people being set free from complicated tonight and and moving into uncomplicated, simple, amazing, big lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And before we finish tonight, you might be here, maybe it's your first time here, maybe it's your first time in a long time. And, and you know, you've listened tonight and maybe you didn't realise that some of the principles, or all of the principles of the Gospel are so simple. And maybe you're on a journey and, and maybe your next step is to actually follow Jesus, to say, I, I want to follow Jesus. And we'd love to give you an opportunity to do that tonight. And I love that it is uncomplicated. The Word of God says if you, if you, um, what is that word? If you, somebody help me. If you, before men, I will confess. confess. If you, no, it's not confess, is it? Is it? Thanks. Did you hear that? So, basically, if you say, I want to follow Jesus, He will say before His Father, they're mine. That's basically what we're saying. And so it's so, so simple to do that. It's simply a prayer asking Jesus into your life. And we do that in this place very, very often, actually every week. And I wonder if we could get the prayer up on the screen tonight. There it is. And we're going to pray it all together tonight. Are you ready? Dear Jesus, I believe in you. 
Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Hey, and if you prayed that prayer tonight and that is the beginning of your journey with Jesus, or maybe you're wanting to restart your journey with Jesus, the guys are going to come and, and tell you what you can do for your next steps. But thank you so much for coming tonight. Thank you so much for listening so well. And I just pray that you would go out into this week and all the complications of life would yeah. fall away. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks.